Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of scripture and theology. And at the moment, we have just started a new study on the book of Galatians. This is just our second day to dive into this book. So I'm glad that you're here, and I hope that this will be an encouragement to you as it has been even to me already as I've studied this book once again. We're looking at the introduction to this incredible letter that Paul wrote. Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Yesterday we considered verses 1 and 2. Today we're going to pick up right where we left off at the end of verse 2 and go down through verse 5. So let me pray for us, and then I will read this passage and offer a few thoughts. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that as we consider your gospel, as we consider this letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians to make the gospel so abundantly clear, we ask that you would direct us by your spirit, that I might speak in his power, that your word might go out even through the internet with power, that as we hear your spirit might work faith in us through the proclamation of your word, that we might be strengthened to rest more and more in Jesus Christ, who is our hope. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, we talked yesterday about this introduction a little bit and I've mentioned that this is the longest introduction that you find to one of the letters other than in the book of Romans, where Paul is introducing himself to a people who don't know him. And we talked about how there are some interesting things that are found in this introduction that set it apart from all the other introductions. There are also some interesting things that are missing from this introduction that are common, not to all the other introductions, but to the vast majority of them. But first, we want to talk about who this letter was written to. It was written to, Paul says, the churches of Galatia. So the churches of Galatia, there's some debate among scholars about who exactly these people were. Here's what we know. Galatia was a region uh, in what we now call central Turkey. And it was a place that Paul had gone on his first missionary journey and planted churches down in southern Galatia. And so some people say, well, that's clearly who Paul was writing to. Other people argue that it was a group up in northern Galatia. The reality is we don't particularly know exactly which group it was, or perhaps it was all of them. This may have been kind of and probably was kind of a circular letter that got passed around from church to church. Nonetheless, what we know is that these Galatian churches had some issues going on them pertaining to the gospel. We'll get into that more later. They had some issues going on then pertaining to the gospel that warranted a letter from their original church planter to write back to them, the Apostle Paul, and encourage them and rebuke them for turning from the gospel. Like I said, we'll get more into all of that. But there's some interesting things when we think about who these Galatians are. They were the people, that they were churches that Paul had planted where he had preached the gospel and they were now turning from that. And one of the things that is interesting that's missing is in this part right here. If we go back, for instance, let's just turn back to the book of Corinthians. We read this. To the church of God that is in Corinth, 
to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. And if we flip over one book the other way, let's look at Ephesians real quick, the introduction there, to the saints who were in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Now back to Galatians. To the church of Galatia. (laughs) You see what's missing? He doesn't call them saints. He doesn't refer to them in that way. He also doesn't give thanks for them as he frequently does in his introductions. Why is this an important omission? Well, if we compare it to the Corinthians, we begin to see why this is so important. The Corinthian church was full of all kinds of immorality, all kinds of shenanigans and foolishness and craziness that if we saw a church today that was operating like the Corinthian churches, we would say, yeah, that's no longer a church. Yet Paul calls them saints. He says that they are sanctified in Christ Jesus. He gives them that moniker but he doesn't to the Galatians. What might be the reason for him withholding that? Well, what was happening in the Galatians, again, we'll we'll dive more into the details of this, but they were turning from the gospel. And Paul reminds them, if you turn from the gospel, you have nothing left, and you've lost your standing with God. He even goes so far as to say that Peter, the apostle, because he followed in the Galatian error, stood condemned. So what Paul sees happening in Galatia is, in his mind, it seems far weightier. This turning from the gospel, this adding works to the gospel, is a far weightier issue, a far more consequential issue than even what was happening in the church in Corinth, as crazy and ludicrous as what was happening there was. So he just says to the churches at Galatia, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes into some details about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's, of course, a lot we can unpack there in verse 3. This is a common introduction where he announces grace. He announces the, the, the cleansing of our conscience from sin, the peace that we have with God because of that. But then in verse 4, he gets into how grace and peace can be announced to sinners. Because Jesus gave himself for our sins. See, that's what's at stake in the book of Galatians, is this reality, that that we are saved not because we don't have sins, but precisely because Jesus gave himself for our sins. That's what he came to do. We read about this in the Gospels, where Jesus says, I didn't come for the righteous, but for sinners. He uses the example in the Gospels that, that it's not healthy people who need a doctor, but the sick. We must remember this. This is central to what Christianity is. This is why Martin Luther talks so often about this idea that if we lose this doctrine of justification, we've lost everything. Jesus died for our sins. And and it was a willing death. He gave himself for our sins, for the sins of his people. That was why Christ came And that was what he came to accomplish. Martin Luther, in his commentary on Galatians, has this great quote. He says, Christ is no Moses, no lawgiver, no tyrant, but a mediator for sins, a free giver of grace, righteousness, and life, who gave himself not for our merits, righteousness, and godly life, but for our sins. We must remember that. It wasn't we who loved God, And therefore, God reciprocated. 
as John tells us, it's just the opposite. God loved us first. Paul reminds us of the same thing in the book of Romans, that at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's the love of God, not finding merit in people that just need a little bit of help, and so he gave his son, but finding us to be totally depraved, to be lost and dead in sin, rebels against his will, and he gave Christ for our sins, and Christ gave himself becoming obedient to the point of death for our sins. This is why the gospel is a gospel of grace. Because it's not about us getting it right. It's not about us presenting ourselves to God as having some merit of our own, of having some righteousness of our own, of having accomplished anything that would, that would commend us to God. No, Christianity is all about Jesus, the Christ, the mediator, the anointed one, the promised one from the Old Testament, the seed of Abraham, the new Adam, the one like Moses whom we should listen to, the promised son of David who will reign forever, the one like Esther who said, if I die, I die, that I might save my people. Christianity is about that promised one coming and laying his life down willingly for the sins of his people, that we, sinners though we are, might receive grace and peace from God our Father. That we might even call him our Father. That's what the gospel is all about. That's what the hope that we have is founded on, that Christ gave himself for our sins. Dear Christian, if you are in Christ by faith, Christ gave himself for your sins. And so with Paul, I can say to you, grace and peace from God our Father. Go in that grace and peace that is yours, that grace that gives you a clean conscience because your sins have been washed away, and that peace that comes from knowing that you have a good standing before your Father in heaven. Go, dear Christian, in the grace and peace of our God that we have because Christ gave himself for our sins. Amen. Amen.